Hello, and welcome to Super Respectable. My name is David Lewis, and my wonderful co-host, Toshio Raman. How's it going? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I'm very good. It's a bit of a heat wave here right now, a Dutch heat wave. So um, time to order some some fans and things to cool us down. It's, it's pretty unbearable in our greenhouse here. It's that bad. Like, it's that hot. Well, um, I think you'd probably make fun of me um, if you were here and experienced it, but we don't have air conditioning in many parts of Europe. And so we have a south facing apartment, which is beautiful, but in warm days, it just gets super hot. Um, but it's nice. I can't complain after all the misery of, of the winter and spring. So it's fine. It's all good. Is that a big thing in Europe? Like no AC? Like that's pretty common, commonplace? It's fairly common. I mean, there's lots of, the, you know, there's new builds and they've got air conditioning, but a lot of the housing stock is quite old and they, they don't like retrofit it with air conditioning. So um, I think it's uncommon to have air conditioning. And, and the other thing is people aren't mm, so used to heat waves, although that's pretty much a common thing now. They didn't used to be such hot summers. Uh, so see, 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 these see. things happen. Yeah, well, but um, get through it. Yeah, it's all good. And the other thing that's happening right now is the Euros. Are you watching that? Are you a fan of uh, football? Oh, football! That you're talking about the currency. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I heard some. I heard some dude, uh, some Dutch dude, or someone like fell on the field a couple of days ago, right in the middle of play. Like I saw on the news. It was a Danish uh, player. He had uh, in cardiac arrest and. Oh my. He basically was, um, he was essentially dead for a few seconds and was revived um, due to uh, the quick action of the well-trained staff around him. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully he's doing better. I don't know if that means he can never play again or what happens after that, but okay. uh, he's he was one of their top players and it was quite shocking to, to see that. So Dave, I feel, I'm like, I have a couple of hypochondriac tendencies in my life. Mm, one of them is yeah. I feel that one day I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke and it's going to be really bad. So like, I really like, I get freaked out when like really healthy people, because athletes, especially footballers are extremely healthy and in good shape, right? Like their cardiovascular systems are fantastic. I wonder what happened. I want to know why this happened, but is he okay? He's okay. He's stable now. Um, I think he's still in hospital, but he's okay. Um, yeah, it has happened. Uh, and people kind of, because they're famous, um, you know, athletes and there's the TV on them and a lot of spotlight uh, that gets a lot of media attention about how come soccer players, actually because of the audience, I'm going to say football players. I'll, I'll try and um, keep consistent with that. So football players um, have these things. But the thing is, there are so many games that happen, so many uh, players, and that's actually fairly rare maybe uh, I'm, I'm assuming these guys get regular medical checkups like you said their diets are great they're uh very healthy and highly trained athletes so I, I assume if they had cameras on and everyone were to, were to watch people watching netflix all day there'd be a lot more incidents of uh viewers getting heart attacks or whatever because they're not doing anything they're eating chips all day i i remember uh like I'm always fascinated with athletes and like what they can do with their bodies and stuff like that. But like footballers, 
footballers, not soccer players. Yeah, we're going to struggle with this. <laughs> uh, no, footballers, uh, they really have amazing like uh, physiques and like their bodies are built in very interesting ways because they're not like big dudes in terms of like, you mm. know, football, like uh, American football players or this and that. They're very, very like center guys, but they like they can run for like 90 minutes, man, back and forth. So it's like a very special skill and talent. So you see a lot of these footballers when you watch these games and they're not really big guys, but they're in extremely good shape. Like, uh, yeah. And it's, um, it's a huge pitch, huge, like a, a full length pitch is a massive thing. If you ever had to run the length of it, I'd be totally gassed after one uh, go. Yeah. Um, so these guys, like you said, of course there's defenders and they're patrolling one third and midfielders, whatever, but very often they're running back and forth and they, I think they average, it really depends on the position. Uh, obviously, the goalies don't have to do so much, but um, I think they average between seven and nine kilometers um, a game. You know, and they don't often play the full ninety minutes, and they're doing it at pretty intense. Uh, yeah. I, I, what, what do you call it when uh, I forget the actual terminology? But like, um, when you can go really fast very quickly and then stop and then like do it again, and it's like it's like hit right, like high interval. Yeah, like, isn't it like anaerobic where they're doing like a hundred meter sprints and then chilling out again and recovering yeah. I mean it's it's quite something I I used to play on teams and I loved it it's it's a great way to distract yourself if you don't like running so you you kind of enjoying yeah. yourself playing uh, chasing a ball and tackling people yeah while well, at the same time getting a good uh, cardio hit yeah. so um it's good I I'm a big fan and I'm addicted to to the euros uh, I know it's challenging in Vancouver with the time change and everything also uh, with, the, with the lack of interest it's pretty challenging and the lack of interest is a big problem <laughs> no, but yeah. it's uh, but to be fair i don't really watch any sporting events unless it's like the finals or it's like the olympic like final gold medals so plus i got a thousand other things to do but i hope that the team that you're rooting for <laughs> is doing well and i hope that you're enjoying yes. and you're getting thank you was it is it england is, is, it, is that the team well actually um if you break down my ethnicities uh, i'm half welsh yeah I'm a quarter English and a quarter Polish. So Wales is in it. They're doing well. I'm they, have gonna, uh, well they have their own team. That's the way the UK is very confusing as, as a country. Yeah. Um, because I have a British passport. Yeah. But they only compete really as the UK in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, they're bitter rivals. The Scots hate the English. The Welsh hate the English. Everyone's against the English. Um, so it, in this Euros, there's Scotland is in it. Yeah. Wales is in it. Yeah. England is in it and Northern Ireland could have qualified they were they had their own team so even Northern Ireland and, and Southern Ireland have two different teams they're different places oh my gosh that's crazy that's uh, <laughs> that's awesome oh good for I think everyone should have every country that they want if they want to have regional identities <laughs> why not I think it's cool yeah have you well I mean don't don't give Spain any ideas otherwise their team would be, be in big trouble you know have you, um, there's lots of divisions have you been to your welsh homeland like have you been to the the places that your family like, of came course from? yeah oh. every time um yeah it's because of coronavirus uh it's been a while but uh you know whenever i go over to the united kingdom i make a point of visiting wales and and england um yep and uh you know my english family is um they're they're from devon yeah. which kind of comes close to bordering uh, Wales. Um, so it's not too far off to get there. Um, but yeah, so basically with this topic of football, I was thinking um, about India's uh, football prowess. 
Oh, and you know when we talk about India and you think about India and the stereotypes for sports, everyone knows that India they're mad about cricket. Cricket. I'm pretty sure cricket is the national sport. Um, yeah. And across the whole subcontinent, like Pakistan, Bangladesh, maybe you can check me on that. But I'm pretty sure cricket is is the number one thing. I agree. I think you're right. And what's your take on that? Have you played it? Are you into it? Is it something that you follow in your family? um have i played it no am i into it uh, i'd be willing to learn uh, my family okay. yeah, like extended family i think they're like obsessed with it and like the community i grew up in they like like wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch games because of the time zones right i have no other i, the, I like the idea that you can stop do you understand it i don't understand the rules i know I, these are the things i know about cricket you can do it in like uh, one hand the ball is so hard if you don't mm. uh, catch it properly you can break your hand mm. right uh, they stop for tea halfway through, which yeah, is that's great. <laughs> they wear all white. <laughs> it takes yeah. days. Uh, or, uh, they may not finish. They yeah. just keep going. And uh, uh, it's pretty popular in the subcontinent. I, I think that's sort of it. And interestingly enough, when I went to the Caribbean, it's pretty popular in the Caribbean too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, something that in Ottawa, you wouldn't really expect it, but there's actually a uh, because there's a large immigrant population in Canada, um, yeah. there's, you know, the governor general's um, grounds yeah, yeah. in Rockcliffe, the yeah. very fancy part of Ottawa. Yeah. Um, so for our non-Ottawa listeners, uh, that, that's a lot of you. Yeah. In the Canada's capital, there's essentially like the, the wealthy diplomatic quarter uh, where all the big houses are, where the prime minister is supposed to live and, yeah. and all sorts of other stuff. There's uh, this large governor general's um, residence, which has huge grounds. And it's actually quite well known in the summertime, um, they play cricket. And so some of the um, like West Indies population, the Jamaicans will be playing games against the um, Indian expats, the Bangladeshi expats, and then some random Canadians who are trying to learn uh, cricket. <laughs> and, and, so and it's a great, it, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's, it's a really fun, I think it would be a fun sport to play from what I can tell, uh, uh, but I don't know the rules. I know four points and six points, right? If you hit a ball like within a line, it's four. If you, if you don't I've really, um, I, I'm, I'm a zero on that one. I've, I've tried watching it. I've tried having people explain it to me, but um, yeah. But uh, th this brings me to a point. Um, although the country by and large is cricket crazy, Hmm. That's not to say that there, there are, isn't segments of the population that, that's crazy about another sport, which is football. Nice. Um, so people don't often associate it with, with India, but um, it's a huge country and you can't just say, you know, all of India thinks this. Uh, yeah. Of course, as with every country, there's uh, pockets of people who think very differently. And when you have a country of one point, however many billion people, I've, I don't know the uh, current population. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can have huge amounts and millions of followers of uh, football teams. So what I wanted to do is uh, throw out some very interesting facts about Indian football. Sure. Um, because it actually has quite a history. Uh, people may not assume it, but uh, I'm here to shatter some stereotypes and assumptions that people have. So um, number one, it is home to the third longest running football tournament in the world. Oh, okay. Because there's all sorts of different things. There's not just the World Cup and the Euros. I mean, in the UK, there's the FA Cup, which is basically all of the different um, football teams 
from like the lowest crappiest team to Manchester United and Chelsea and all that yeah. play each other. So it's a very big tournament. And that's, I believe the oldest uh, football tournament long, um, like non uh, that's been continuously running. Okay. Um, but the third longest running one is called the Durand cup. And that was founded in 1888 and it's based in India. Okay. Uh, it does have a colonial history. So it was, it was from the, uh, the colonizers of, of the UK. Yeah. And it was originally only open to British regiments playing each other that were based in, the, in India. Okay. Um, but eventually uh, they, they got smart and they, uh, they opened it up to the wider population. Yeah. Uh, I think in the early 20th century. And it's been going ever since. So it's, um, it, you can look it up there. There is a Durand Cup. It's a very big event. And I believe it's, it, it's host to mainly uh, the Indian um, local teams that play each other. So there's Indian like Super League and a Calcutta club and whatever. Yeah. So um, it's been going since eight, 1888, which is quite impressive. The, these tournaments usually how long like the one the first one you mentioned the FA Cup how long does it usually take to go from the beginning of the tournament to the finale? I think it's it's a it goes the whole year alongside oh. the, the Premier League and the regular seasons. So okay. it's it's a really fascinating one and it's, and it's a great uh, story for for Hollywood sort of thing because it has like the typical David and Goliath stories where like this you know team of you know guys who just play pickup will end up playing based on the draw, yeah. some top squad. It could be any given week that they'd be drawn against a top club and they could be knocked out. It's like no wow. second chances. I like and so there are, there are stories of like under, super underdog teams that no one's ever really heard of just playing play. and making it to quarterfinals, semifinals and not so common, but finals. I, I'd have to look it up when the last major uh, yeah. upset was. That's uh, uh, that's the one thing I really enjoyed about the World Cup was I liked that it was like you had one shot and if you screwed up you're out until four years. Yeah, it's, it's not ruthless. Like, it's not the, yeah, it's not like the cruelty in me, but I like the because I think in American sports and Canadian sports like we have like best of like five, best of seven, and each round it just goes. Yeah, on. they drag it out. Yeah, really, like like the NHL playoffs takes as long as the entire season. You know, so yeah, they could really like maybe they could continue it, but not do like best of seven that really uh drags it on too much yeah um and i i do think it's cool to have like one game where it's just I like it that's life man it's life right <laughs> and um i also like i think i mentioned it before you know in uh, the premier league and most um european leagues if you come last in your uh season you know yeah. if you're a last place team you're out of that league they kick you out <laughs> yeah, you're out yeah uh, whereas in north america it's like here have the best player the best yeah, young yeah. player and you'll get better next year yeah we're not as ruthless we're not as we're not as uh, <laughs> hard over here that's interesting yeah so okay so there's yeah things that happen so there's uh, that okay um next uh, little uh, tidbit is that um the famous clubs of europe have huge fan bases in india yeah I can so um of course there's a kind of a push uh, to try and monetize and globalize um, sports. Yeah. And, you know, football is the number one international sport. Um, I'm sorry, World Series and um, all those things that happened in the U.S., they are not as global as, they, as you think they are. I, um, 
I hate when they say that like the Super Bowl is like the most watched sporting event. It's so boring, man. Like the rest of the world does not yeah. care about American football. You know, it's a very Americanized yeah. thing. It, I think it's not World Cup definitely is has World Cup is huge. Huge. Um, so for example, uh, I think everyone's like most well-known club around the world is Manchester United. I think that's fair to say it is is very, very popular and well-known wherever you go in the world. Yeah. And so in India, they have a huge uh, fan base um, and the fan base, um, I won't subject you to guessing what it is, but it's the same as Canada's population. So there's about 35, 37 million. Whoa. Like, like registered hardcore Man U fans in India. Oh, what is it about Man U that they connect with so much or they love? I think um, this is just my wild guesses, but Manchester United has done like tours of Asia where they've gone. I'm not sure whether they've actually stepped foot in India, but they've made like inroads and connections with possibly like the Indian diaspora and community in, in the UK. Uh, they've gone on tours of Thailand and neighboring countries and played friendly games there. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, it's just a very well-known club and it, the games are beamed all over the world. Um, yeah. So I'd imagine that some of the other uh, big English clubs have somewhat similar uh, millions of followers in, in India. I know. Um, um, yeah. 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 I know the English cl clubs do well, but I've also started to see that some of like the Spanish clubs or the Paris yeah. clubs is also have followings as well. Like mostly European based clubs, right? Mostly European. So exactly right. Like um, the big uh, Spanish clubs are Barcelona and Madrid and they are globally known. Exactly. Uh, same thing. Big money has come to Paris. Uh, the big, uh, <laughs> So it didn't used to be that way. Like the French league was not really uh, on the same scale as uh, maybe the Spanish, Italian and uh, English league. Yeah. But because of the money, um, Paris is now a, a, a powerhouse team. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe there'll be uh, some growing fan bases there, but I think maybe the, the language issue, the, a big thing is that uh, English is spoken in, in England though. Yeah. Uh, and in India, it's, it's widely spoken. So there's a bit more of a, uh, commonalities and there's cultural connections, uh, between those two countries for obvious reasons. So that helps, but of course the just sheer, um, strength of players like Messi and awesome games between these guys is, is draws in everybody. So I was going to ask you that, do you think, uh, there are like, uh, certain athletes, certain figures in some of these teams, which are sort of like like the Shah Rukh Khans of soccer, you know, like, are they so well known globally? Because, you know, uh, here in North America, just for our listeners, soccer, uh, football, I'm sorry, is, uh, is growing, but it's not as popular as some of our other sports, uh, hockey, basketball, baseball, but it's, it's getting there. But in other parts of the world, like when you mention a Beckham or a Zidane or a Messi or a Ronaldo, it's like, you've talked about like the most famous person in the world, right? So I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if that has also translated into Indian culture. For sure. And um, I will later on in my factoids get to um, the most well-known Indian player who is basically India's Messi. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay it's, he's a very interesting guy. Okay. Um, but just a few more tidbits here. Um, there's actually what they call in the football vocabulary, derby games. So in, in Canada, North America, the equivalent would be something like if uh, Montreal Canadiens play the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's a big historical rivalry oh, in, in right. ice hockey. <clears throat> um, it's like very heated, very like 
has some political um, undertones because yeah, of yeah. the French speaking and English speaking and the rich Torontonians and the like, maybe not so rich, but rough and ready Quebecois. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so there's that. And, and in, in the football world, those are called Derby games. And those are actually um, sometimes within cities. So oh. there's Toronto really could do, and Montreal could have another team. I, I'm probably going to get uh, hate mail for that. Yeah. But there's such support for, for ice hockey um, in these cities. And it's worked out that way in, um, in all the major European cities. So like London, there's not like the London team. There's yeah. like five London teams. Yeah. And so the Derby day would be when like Chelsea plays Tottenham. Yeah. Or Arsenal plays blah, blah, blah. So when some of the London teams play each other or if Manchester United plays Manchester City, that's the that's the Manchester Derby. So in India, the most fa- famous rivalry is the Kolkata Dar- uh, Derby. It's a game between uh, played between East Bengal yeah. and ATK uh, Mohun Began. Yeah, uh, forgive my pronunciation. And this is one of the oldest rivalries uh, in in uh, in all of football. It's over, almost a hundred years old. It'll be a hundred years in August, and it gets huge support so um i don't know what the records are for cricket uh, matches um but apparently this uh, derby uh, attendance has the record in india for most uh, fans showing up to a game in 1997 they had 131,000 fans attend a game that's good like stadium i didn't know they had a stadium that big but they found some spots yeah because Um, average stadiums i think are like what 30 to 50,000 or something like that. If, 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 if you can put, me yeah, in. I mean like for some of the bigger teams, they can be 80,000. Um, and in like Brazil, they have mega stadiums in Mexico. There's mega stadiums with basically no seats. You're just all crowding around each other. Yeah. Um, so I imagine for this one, there it was like possibly some health and safety laws were broken. <laughs> I can only imagine 130,000. I, I really can't fathom uh, how that works, but ma'am, that, that, that happened. And um, so after one loss in one of these uh, derby games, a dedicated and hardcore uh, Mohun Bagan fan um, killed himself, very sadly. Uh And he wrote in a suicide note that in his next life, he would like to be born as a actual Mohun Bagan footballer and to take revenge on his (laughs) side's uh, five nothing defeat. Yeah. So this really is a passionate affair and um, it it has been longstanding. it's something that um, has a lot of history in uh, in Calcutta. Yeah, I mean, that's deep. Yeah. That is deep, that is deep. And uh, now let's shift over to World Cup. So uh, this this is one that I find kind of interesting. Um, do, you, do you know whether in India qualified? Do you think they qualified for World Cup? I say no. Ever in their history? Oh, I mean, I'm sure probably once or twice, maybe in their history, but generally no. Yeah, so it's a no. Oh. But the thing is, uh, it's a nuance. No, they they actually qualified for a World Cup in 1950. Okay. So three years after the country got independence. Yeah. Um, they became a member of FIFA in 1948, and two years later, uh, became uh, qualified for the World Cup. Yeah. But the, but they were a bit silly. The, uh, the Indian Football Federation. They um, said, Nah, we we like. Uh, we don't want to go. We can't figure out our team selection. Um, okay. There was actually some rumor that uh, some malicious Western rumor that uh, they didn't play because they weren't allowed to play barefoot. Yeah. 
And it's actually true that India's team was playing barefoot in their games against France and qualif- in um, like their international games up until yeah. that point. Okay. Uh, and FIFA said, you know, you can't do that anymore. You need to put on some shoes uh, yeah. or some proper like football cleats. Uh, but that's not true. That's not the reason. Um, it, it's actually like the, the World Cups back then. It wasn't like Ryanair and EasyJet. It wasn't that easy to send a team from even even Europe to uh, uh, Brazil or Uruguay. It was a big and a hugely expensive thing. And apparently Brazil was so, um, I think Brazil hosted that year. They were so keen on having India participate. They said, we'll pay your, we'll pay your fees for travel. Don't make it about that. And still somehow the Indian Federation said, uh, nah, it's, it's okay, it's fine. And that was a problem because um, this, this actually led to uh, a cold war, like tensions, huge uh, discord between FIFA and the Indian Football Federation, like FIFA didn't forgive them for this, apparently. <laughs> how dare you like, define that? I said, how dare you? Um, and so somehow the Indians got pissed off that the uh, FIFA was pissed off at them. Yeah. And so um, they just out and out refused to participate in qualifiers for the World Cup. <laughs> well, what's, what, can you explain a little bit about what qualifiers are? Sure. Um, so, so like FIFA is like the global overseer, like the UN of uh, football, uh, if you will. Yeah. And th- there's actually more FIFA uh, member states than there are UN member states. Oh, really? Fact, again, I'm, I'm full of trivia today. Yeah. Um, because I believe Palestine has a team and all these like unrecognized UN states uh, have teams. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very progressive organization from that perspective. Yeah. Um, so basically there are subdivisions and regional um, FIFAs. Yeah. And uh, don't ask me to name them all, but in like North America, uh, there's CONCACAF. And so and Asia has their own, and then there's Europe and, and Latin America and all the rest of it, yeah. Africa. Um, and so basically Canada would play in a grouping with the Central American and, and Caribbean countries, as well yeah. as US and Mexico. Uh, and so India would be in a regional grouping where they play qualifiers and then they send teams to the World Cup. So the top teams from each one go. And uh, unfortunately, uh, or, or fortunately for lovers of football, uh, Latin America and Europe get a few more teams because there's just so many uh, high quality teams that come from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, India didn't even... Uh, participate in this qualifying until 1986 so they kind of shot themselves in the foot in terms so of 40 years of like yeah in terms of aspiration and like can you imagine if some indian teams uh qualified that, yeah. that would be huge and people really get uh, behind their their country in these times yeah, yeah um and so during that time it actually like led to cricket really really um taking uh, over as the national sport but it was kind of um internal shambles uh with the indian football federation sadly yeah um but so right now india's uh still has not played in the world cup they play their qualifiers against um it's a relatively easy group so i think there is a chance for them to at some point in the near future or maybe medium future to qualify because they play against teams that are not exactly uh world beaters Although within the Asia grouping, there are some like world-class teams uh, or challengers like South Korea, Japan, um, Australia has a competent team. But apart from that, I like, you wouldn't say that Vietnam or Syria have like world-class teams. Um, 
And so India is now ranked 105th in the world. Okay. Uh, which is which is not great because Canada. Where do you think Canada fits in this? 102. Canada 70th. Canada's getting better. Okay. Which is 70th. nice to hear. Canada used to be like two or three years ago, close to the hundredth. <laughs> Uh, but Canada actually has like two or three um, players who are getting really, really good. Out of uh, uh, curiosity, who's number one? Number one in the world? Yeah. Um, Belgium. Oh, really? Yeah, Belgium actually, like, they have like a once in a generation <laughs> to like to win. Uh, I think they made it to the semifinals of the World Cup last time. Wow. Um, and they were beaten by a very good France. Yeah. Um, but right now, Belgium has a very good team. So, yeah. But um, this leads me to talk about um, India's big star. Yeah. Who's, so this is, this is the whole reason why I picked this topic and also because of the, the uh, hype around the Euros here in the Netherlands. Um, I came across this stat, which uh, it, it made me very, uh, it kind of blew my mind. I, I didn't expect it at all. Um, there's actually a player from uh, the Indian national team who is third in the world amongst active players for international um, uh, for their international team uh, in terms of goals scored. So this guy has more goals uh, at the international level. Yeah. When I say international level, I mean like for playing for the Indian national team than Messi. Oh, no way. So Messi, in my opinion, is the best player uh, in the world right now and uh, probably one of the best players of all time. Um, but this Indian uh, player has more goals than him. Okay. Uh, and his name is uh, Sunil Chetri. Okay. Uh, again, uh, to our Indian listeners, please forgive me my, my pronunciation. He has, um, he's the most capped player, more vocabulary. Okay. So when you play for your team, you, you get a cap. So uh, he has 118 caps for India. Yeah. And he has 74 goals. So that's... Uh, pretty good uh participation cool um and he captains the indian national team and his nickname is captain fantastic <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so he's he's quite an interesting guy he's, he's not exactly the biggest guy in the world yeah. neither is messi but he, he seems quite short i don't know his height he's he's not uh that that large but he makes up for it in spirit and character and drive and, and hustle cool. um and agility um, but unfortunately, you know, with stats like that, you'd think he would be picked up by, you know, the, some of the bigger European clubs. Yeah. But I, I think um, he has, despite his high caliber and output for the Indian national team, it doesn't translate to uh, club level uh, goal scoring. Uh -huh. So uh, the highest level he's achieved um, in terms of international uh, clubs is he was once signed for the um, American MLS okay. for Kansas City, oh. okay. but he didn't play. He, he didn't play for them. Yeah. So um, he he has a good like sort of a cult following and a, a strong following within India and is well known there. But uh, he's done a lot for you know building the profile of the national team and having such great statistics at the international level is is great. Right. But uh, unfortunately, that does not necessarily translate into um, high caliber um, uh, interest from, from the European teams. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to throw out some of these, these points to just highlight that India, you shouldn't write them off in terms of uh, football, soccer. They have uh, a rich history. 
they have the potential down the line. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's uh, possibly similar to Canada. It's, it's like, maybe you can speak to this. Um, it's, it's a widely played game in Canada. It is. It's like it's more popular than a hockey. Yeah. But there's always the challenge of there's nothing for the kids to kind of look up to. Like whenever you turn on the TV, yeah. you, want, you get pipe, uh, pumped up with NHL and the North American sports. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's the same in India where on TV, a lot of the time it'll be cricket matches and uh, other big sports in India. And so when you're a young person, you look up to these athletes, they're your heroes. Uh, and so often you, you may be at a national level, you look to these kind of people uh, when you're young to try and like, I aspire to be them. I want to be the best. Yeah. And then have that sort of like local support to like build you up to that. So that's possibly a reason. Yeah. I mean, I definitely uh, agree with you. I mean, I played football when I was a kid in school and like, it was a lot of fun. And one of the things I really like about football is its simplicity, right? It's just a ball pretty much. And like, whether you have uh, like, uh, like the best ball in the world or best equipment, everyone can play it. And it's a pretty global sport. It's very democratic, right? Democratic. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the appeal of the world cup is that I think regardless of if your home country is in the world cup or not, you can kind of relate to the idea of a world cup. Cause how many other sports are there that that's just that sport on a global level, right? Like I know the Olympics are there, but that's like multiple sports. And it, you know, there's a lot of controversy around Olympic <laughs> this and that, but hmm. soccer is really just simple. And, uh, and I like that idea. I mean, yeah, I, that's, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wasn't surprised that India is, is so, the football is growing there. It seems like, uh, uh, you know, uh, with technology, you can connect with the rest of the world. You can see how the other leagues are doing. Uh, I hope it'd be kind of cool to see an Indian team in the World Cup, I think, and see how they compete, you know? Uh, uh, do you think, like, because you know the technicalities behind the sport. Do you think with more resources, training, uh, maybe a, a proper kind of focus, the Indian teams could, could grow in their capabilities to qualify do you think that's lacking yeah they're all it's interesting there? yeah like what's the delay because like um in in china a similarly large uh country um the leader of china i'm blanking on his name that's very embarrassing um he oh my god can you help me xinjiang Ping? Oh, this is embarrassing. We're, we're two political science guys. Anyway, he's a big uh, football fan. Oh, he is? And he's, he's devoted a lot of resources to uh, building up China's national team. Uh, and it unfortunately still has not translated. So I don't think it's something that you can like flip the switch and, and like overnight with a lot of money, you can have it. But it is something that if you start devoting resources and attention to yeah. over time, you can build up because it's like, to get to like what European and Latin American players do or what the scouts can identify in like, um, there's a lot of very, very good African players. Yeah. Um, these people have been trained from like the age of four, three yeah. years old. And there's like academies to like nurture yeah. them and build them up. Uh, it's shocking to me to see that because, you know, even in Amsterdam, there's the famous team Ajax. They have an academy for young players and they just yeah. go through and they play from the age five, six, seven, eight, nine, and they're like the five-year-old team plays, then they move on. Yeah. And so there's a real, um, like basically a school system to take them all the way through. Yeah. Whereas I can't think of anything comparable in countries like Canada, where you would be like handpicked to go off and, and do that. You'd have to be basically plucked by an agent from Europe or somewhere and taken out. 
<laughs> That's true. Um, first of all, his name is, I just Googled it, it's Xi Jinping. President oh my Xi goodness. I, uh, forgive, please forgive me, listeners. Uh, it's an unforgivable sin. That's okay. And then, uh, uh, yeah, in Canada, we don't have that, but we have that for hockey, right? I mean, if you're a good hockey player, if you can go through the, the, the levels of that. So maybe our focus is just on another another thing because in north america like i said soccer is growing but it's not it's not there yet right i mean like i know the mls is starting to develop and we have a couple teams in canada and they're starting to grow in popularity but it's still an upward uh, upward battle and hopefully it gets more uh, more attraction in the next couple of years but uh yeah i remember listening to a documentary i was listening to david beckham speak and he spoke about like how he started and how he got into football and it was like a really lengthy process from a very young age and scouts and academies and like training it's a tough it's a tough life I think definitely like I mean yeah of course you're doing what you love but it's very physical very demanding and I think it's a, it's pretty much like a huge time commitment of your life to to go through it but uh yeah yeah and I think the, like um the infrastructure is a big thing because um if I assume cricket takes up a, a lot of uh, space if it's the national sport and all the kids are into it. Yeah. A lot of um, the land and resources for sport are given over to cricket. Yeah. And possibly rightly so. But um, I don't know if you can do interchangeable uh, facilities for for um, <laughs> for football and soccer because sometimes when I was playing in, in Canada, you'd you'd be playing on like the american football pitch and it was just flipped over for uh, a soccer game yeah and you could kind of do it goalposts on the end it was confusing because the lines were different and you couldn't figure out what was going on it would give me a headache but um yeah it's, it's a real thing that you, you have to do it invest a lot into kind of the infrastructure uh for sport that's that's yeah. also something that although like football is a relatively cheap and affordable game for pretty much anybody yeah. to, to then move on to like the next level you do need to have like a dedicated amount of, uh, you know, strong facilities for it. So it's a challenge, but uh, I, I think if, if um, the Indian Football Federation is into it, then that can happen. Yeah, it's um, on, a, on a side note, it's so funny you said that about interchangeable sports. They made, there was an actual true story about the baseball. Did you hear about that baseball uh, scout who went to India to recruit their cricket players? No. They made a movie about it too. Uh, um, uh, this baseball scout in the States uh, saw that these, these cricket uh, um, ballers, bowl, uh, like the guys who throw the bowlers, yeah, bowlers, they were throwing at such high speeds that like it could be used in baseball. All you had to do is kind of train them to kind of like throw in a different way. So, yeah, move your arm differently. So he went and he recruited these guys and uh, he trained them to kind of like uh, to throw like baseball pitches. And then they, he, and they got recruited to like an actual uh, professional uh, uh, baseball team. So like, it's kind of interesting in that. Well, they could get the batters, uh, you know, the batters for cri uh, cricket are holding it down. Just, yeah, you just go lift up, up your, ar your <laughs> arms and yeah. they're into the baseball and vice versa. They could also maybe have some uh, Americans head over to India and try it out. Um, definitely. I think so. What's your, <laughs> maybe. What's your experience? No, 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 of course. What's your experience been in like going to football games in, in real life? I've never been to a real football game. I've been to hockey. I've been to basketball. I've been to baseball. It's totally different it's it's i would recommend it to anybody and everybody okay um i've had the great fortune in uh my family i was uh able to go to a manchester united game in manchester nice. i went to chelsea tottenham um i'm probably missing a few but yeah i've been to some of the big games there and the atmosphere is fantastic it's, it's very like 
it is very male dominated. Um, and like in the UK, there was kind of a dodgy history in the eighties and nineties of hooligans and guys getting drunk and fighting all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of control around that, but there's still a great atmosphere of singing, uh, chanting, and always just like Absolutely. strong support for the team. Um, it's so different to when you go to a ice hockey game where they just go, <laughs> go Habs, go, or yeah. go Canucks, go. And that's the chant over and over. But they've come up with like full on like song sheets and you're, oh, yeah. si you're singing uh, these chants and they're very specific to the players and the history. Uh, so it's a real experience. Um, I think one of the yeah. things that we do in North America, not only in sports, but in, in most things is that we try to commercialize everything as possible as mm. businesses. So, I mean, when you go to a hockey game, there's like a t-shirt cannon, uh, like cannon. Yeah. There's shoot hot dogs. There's <laughs> mascots like sliding down from the roof. There's this, there's that. Like there's all this crap that has nothing to do with the actual sport fit in there. Just uh, there's the guy trying to make a pot, like a goal from half the halfway line. And so it like, it really takes away from actual sports, but it's because of money, right? And it's because of business, how it is. And so I think with yeah. football, I mean, I'm sure all that stuff exists to a certain degree and stuff, but it's more simpler, which I think is the attraction to it, right? It's like, it's a bunch of dudes on a pitch trying to get a ball in <laughs> in 90 minutes, right? Like, it's yeah. Crazy. And there's no commercial breaks um, aside from the halftime when anyone can walk away anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think that part should never be corrupted because there'll be a huge rebellion. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you followed this, but like a month or two ago, there was an attempt to create um, a sort of North Americanized uh, football. Oh, right. And they, were, they wanted to make like a European Super League where only like the well-known teams would play each other all the time. Yeah. And there was a huge rebellion because Why? Why all, all the owners were thinking, there's a lot of American owners in these teams now. <clears throat> and what they were thinking was, let's just, why don't we make it like American sports where, um, you know, only the top teams play each other and not have this sort of silly thing of a lower ranking team play there. Yeah. And then that's precisely the point for people. Like it kills the game to have only what is perceived to be the top teams playing each other yeah. when there's the chance on any given this is the beauty of sport, right? There could be an underdog that beats the top team. And then you feel it's, it's fantastic. Like everyone talks about still when Iceland beat England and Iceland had this great run. Like it, I, the population of Iceland is like, I don't know, 700,000 a million. And um, some of the players on the team were semi-professional. Like the goalie was a dentist. And these are great stories. Like I, I love that kind of story. Um, so like, I hope that never changes. Uh, I hope the, the purity of the game continues because that's, that's the beauty of it. Do you think like, um, do you think in India that there's like the talent there that could be molded and, and then created to kind of make international level footballers? Like, do you think any country can provide anybody regardless? Like, that's one of the thing about football is that like, like, I'm sorry, Sunil, who we discussed, isn't really a big guy, but he's still an amazing footballer, right? And so physicality really isn't the main priority when it comes to football. It's, I think, skill, right? Uh, that's what I would argue. Yeah, but it is changing. I mean, someone who I would say, like, Lionel Messi, he's a pretty short guy. I think yeah. he's, like, five foot six, five foot eight. Um, maybe maybe a bit taller. But he's he's quite short in comparison to the other players. Yeah. But, um he that's his he uses that to his strength like he uses agility and he moves around has a low center of gravity yeah um and i think by and large 
the Indian population isn't known for being as tall as like something like the Netherlands, which is full of tall people. Yeah. But that can be used to their advantage. They could have a whole country of Messies darting around the place. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's absolutely there's absolutely no reason why any given country can cannot compete um, and field a high quality team because only now is Canada now producing one or two uh, players who are really good at the international level. So I would hope that um, you know India could could you know produce a couple of guys who are able to, to to play at that level because that'd be great it would, it would change the whole dynamic and do you think like so how does it work with these like european uh, clubs for example they recruit from anywhere in the world right if they want someone to come play for them i don't know how it works i mean it, i find it incredible that um that their scouting system they have scouts uh i guess they must have like gossip or someone in yeah. you know like in a village in senegal yeah. says you got to check out this guy and it just moves from the, across the chain because um you know to send scouts across uh these places would be super challenging because uh, i'm just thinking in in sub-saharan africa yeah. there are super good teams uh players that come out of uh, ghana and cote d'ivoire nigeria um you know basically west africa has some fantastic players and there must be a system there where they feed into the, the teams and get, get identified. Yeah. I'm sure there's networks in place and like there's academies that have like higher, like they have connections with like the next level and next level. And so they like more push up. I remember in Turkey, like when I was living there, football was a big thing as well. Unfortunately due to COVID most things were shut, but there was huge, huge stadiums in the middle of the city. And I remember even seeing like football academies and stuff. So it's definitely like, you know, uh, there's like connections to be made and to make your way up. And so for a footballer, like what's like the aim, what's the goal to get into the European, like a European team? Is that the best? Yeah. Uh, I sure, I assume the dream is that because even some of the best players in the, I guess probably the next best uh, region would be South America. Yeah. Um, someone like Neymar. Yeah. He kind of resisted going to Europe for, uh, for uh, quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I say that on a relative scale because I think he maybe maybe he was like 22, 23 uh, and still playing in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, but eventually money talks because the big money is in the European uh, teams. And then you get the chance to play with someone like Messi and the fantastic Barcelona team that they had a few years ago. Yeah. So I don't know if you're one of the best in any sport of what you do, you want to compete against your um the people who are at your level and that probably just shifts you off to europe and that's that's sort of the way it is you just the money's there the the global attention is there and um if you're a top player you want to be challenged and you want to be known as the best player in the world so i assume that's a motivation yeah for sure i'm sure that somewhere uh, in india uh, there is probably the next messi who's being like you know he just needs a shot and he'll be out there. But I'm sure there are amazing players in India like that just have, haven't been discovered or in the process or being like groomed at the moment. But it'd be exciting to see what happens in that country, especially such a, for such a large country. Uh, if, if football gains popularity or at least gains more infrastructure, we might be able to see some of these players at an international level. And it'd be amazing to see India at the World Cup level. I would be thrilled. I am I, all for um, some disruption to the usual crew of, of national teams. So uh, I'd love to see India participate in an upcoming World Cup.
Yeah, for sure. I, 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 I think during World Cup times, some of the coolest things are when you hear, when people start talking about, oh, did you see that the Algeria team beat like this team? And like, like, like you mentioned, right? The unexpected, that. that stuff like that is really cool. And it's, it's sort of like a democratization of, of, the, of the world in terms of sport as well. So an India World Cup champion would be amazing as opposed to one that's won one that's multiple times, which is great as well, but something new might kind of rock the boat a little. And you never know. I mean, there could be possibilities of hosting a, a World Cup at some point too, oh. which, which you know, they have some big stadiums um, for, for football. Actually, um, there are because of this rivalry in Calcutta. Yeah. Apparently, um, most of the support for football in India is found in the southern and um, eastern part of the country. Oh, okay. Bangladesh, so yeah. along the coast. Because uh, I was looking up the teams that make up the Indian Super League. Yeah. Delhi doesn't have a team. No. There's no Delhi team. So it's a, obviously a massive city. Yeah. Um, so it starts basically from Mumbai down and around. Um, yeah, where's how, where like, the, big, the big teams are. How many teams do you know, roughly, that you came across in the Super League? I'm not sure. I'm sure. It's, it's um, uh, maybe I think, maybe 12 to 15, that kind of range. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that Indian, Indian Super League is the is the main league, but there's also a kind of a breakaway league as well. Uh, um, but but Calcutta um, and and then um, some of the southern states that seems to be like the big hub for football support. Thanks, Dave. I, that's really fascinating stuff. I uh, sports are always interesting to me, and all our Indian listeners, we're rooting for you, India, for the next World Cup, man. Uh, Go India. Be- We'll be your official uh, official podcast sponsors. I mean, we'll we'll do the play by plays at the at the games. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be super super cool. So thanks, man. That was really really cool. My pleasure. I hope uh, that you found that interesting and informative. There's a great history in India with football. Don't forget that, people. Thanks. All right, Dave. Have a good one. You too, Tosh. Take care.